I'm Tavis Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. Uh, in case you have not heard, uh, we were all into this in the first hour um, just moments ago. Uh, what a day. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. And like literally minutes later, CNN announced that Don Lemon is out at CNN. Never in my career, spanning 30 plus years now, have I seen a day <laughs> like this where in an hour, literally the same hour, two major anchors at two major networks are ousted. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Um, as you all know, uh, Fox News settled with Dominion Voting Systems a few days ago for $787 million, and that's just the first case. Dominion got 787. There's a second company called Smartmatic that has a lawsuit against Fox News. Uh, and it is likely that Fox News is going to settle that one. I'm just making this up. I don't know the numbers. I'm no savant, as I said earlier. But if you figure Smartmatic gets at least $500 million, you put that together, that's over a billion dollars that Tucker Carlson has cost Fox News. Um, his ratings were huge. He was the top ratings getter on the network, but over a billion dollars lost because you keep running your mouth and keep getting the network in trouble and getting the network sued, you know, for all the options that I thought were possible uh, once Fox News agreed to this settlement, uh, I didn't think that Tucker Carlson would be fired. Uh, and I'm using the word fired. Their actual statement, uh, in case you, again, you've just tuned in, their actual statement from Fox News says that TV host Tucker Carlson and Fox News have agreed to part ways. That's the statement. Uh, as yet, we are tracking it. I have not seen any comment specifically or directly from Tucker uh, that pushes back against that particular narrative. But you have to know that networks do what networks do. And they're going to make this thing as smooth and make it smell as nice as they can uh, until uh, the person at the center of it, in this case, Tucker Carlson, has his own say. And so we will see in the coming hours, if not days, what Tucker Carlson has to say. But at the moment, it appears that Tucker's ouster at Fox News was uh, or is somewhat amicable. That is not the case at CNN. Don Lemon has tweeted, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he did not know this was coming. He got a call from his agent that he'd been relieved of his duty. CNN did not communicate that with him directly. They have no obligation to do so. Trust me, I understand these things. I've been fired before in my career. They don't have to tell you. If you got an agent, they tell your agent. Um, but it appears that the good white folk at Fox News got together with Tucker, and at least it appears at the moment that they agreed to part ways amicably. That is not what's happening at CNN. Uh, and, of course, uh, as an African-American male, um, Don has been at, seven, at CNN for 17 years. Uh, and um, he is upset with the way that he learned this news, the way he feels he's been maltreated. Uh, go to his Twitter account. You can read it as we did last hour. I won't read it again. We've already read it twice. Uh, but Don Lemon is not happy with the way he has been dismissed this morning by CNN. So there you have it. Uh, literally in the same hour, uh, Fox News announces that Tucker Carlson is out. And literally minutes later, as we were talking about Tucker Carlson being ousted at Fox News, my phone starts pinging like crazy with announcement for, with the announcement from CNN that they have let Don Lemon go. Um, so there you have it. We'll continue to follow this story, of course, throughout the day. Be sure to tune in uh, all day long, especially to Ariva Martin uh, out loud. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Ariva Martin in real time. That was her old show. Ariva Martin in real time. <laughs> Today from 4 to 6, I am certain that Ariva will be all on top of this. And by the time you get to 4 o'clock this afternoon, 
she will have all the late developing uh, news about both of these cases. So be sure to tune in today to Ariva Martin in real time from uh, 4 to 6 p.m. And after that, I'm sure all the other hosts as well will be talking about it in, in some way, shape or form. Robin Ayers will have some entertainment news, what she knows about this. Uh, Variety has written a couple stories. Hollywood Reporter has stories out. So all the uh, Hollywood trades are talking about this as well. So I'm sure Reva and um, and Robin, uh, 4 to 6 and then 6 to 7, will bring you up to speed on what they know later today as these cases uh, continue to unfold. But what we know now is that Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News and Don Lemon is out at C, uh, CNN. Uh, again, what a day. In this hour, what I plan to talk about and still will <laughs> is that April is Black Women's History Month, and we will have a conversation with psychologist Dr. Kamani Norrington-Sands about addressing the still prevalent stereotypes that black women are angry, aggressive, confrontational, and difficult to work with, stereotypes that have serious consequences for the professional and personal lives of black women. I look forward to that conversation. I'm pleased right now to welcome into our studio. Uh, if you've never checked out our, our, our live uh, stream, now's a good time to tune it on, right? Turn on the app. And watch this or go to YouTube and see it uh, any number of ways uh, to see this conversation as well as hear it if you've never checked out our live stream. Dr. Kamani Norrington-Sands, good to have you in the studio. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for the invitation to be here. It's my great delight to have you here. Um, didn't know all this is going to happen before you walked in the building. <laughs> yes. uh, for that matter, I, know, I didn't know this going to happen before I walked in the building. <laughs> I didn't know this was coming. This is not the kind of morning I expected to have, but um, it is live uh, radio and uh, we are talk radio, obviously. Uh, and this is breaking news. Let me let me see if I can tee this up with you uh, just for a bit, and then we'll move um, in in and through this hour. So one of the reasons we are told, and again, there'll be great debate about this in the coming days. Um, uh, I'm talking now about Don Lemon at CNN. Mm -hmm. Don got himself in some trouble, as we all know, with white women. Mm -hmm. uh, they moved him from his primetime show to the morning show. He's seated between two white women every mm -hmm. morning as his co-anchors. And he made a comment a few weeks ago about Nikki Haley. And he made the comment, uh, she announced she ran for president, of course, uh, on the, on the, on the uh, Republican ticket. So Donald Trump is in the race. She's in the race. Others are thinking about getting in. But when she got in, she's the first and only woman who's in the race at the moment on the Republican side. As we wait for President Biden to announce uh, tomorrow and the next 24 hours or so, we are told um, his uh, intent to run for reelection. So. Democratic side is shaping up. Republican side is shaping up. Robert Kennedy Jr. already announcing he's going to challenge uh, uh, Joe Biden on the Democratic side. Marianne Williamson, you know, has announced that she's running on the Democratic side. So it's it's shaping up. Uh, but Don got in some trouble a few weeks ago when he made this comment that Nikki Haley was past her prime. Mm -hmm. You recall this comment. Mm -hmm. Got him in a whole lot of trouble with the white women who he's seated next to on the set every day. Mm -hmm. Got him in trouble with uh, white women at CNN, with his producers and beyond, and got him in trouble with the audience. Uh, there's a story in the New York Times today um, that Nicola Corte was referencing in our last hour. Our national political affairs uh, analyst was referencing the story of the New York Times uh, uh, moments ago um, that uh, reveals that the network at CNN apparently had some data that they had uh, culled, uh, which made it clear that Don's popularity had dropped. Mm -hmm. Uh, that their numbers were taking a hit, um, that people were not happy, particularly white women, not happy with those comments. And mm -hmm. so for a lot of reasons, and there are a lot of things connected to this, uh, they made their decision, as they have a right to, uh, to let Don go. Uh, again, Don uh, pretty upset about that, given his tweet. 
but it was clear that Don struck a nerve and offended a huge swath of white women with that comment that this one woman, Nikki Haley, was past her prime. And all kinds of articles and commentary, as you know, ensued. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to talk in this hour about the ways in which black women are disrespected in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But what do you make of the fact that these white women were offended enough um, that this issue, offended by what Don said enough, along with the other stuff he got himself in trouble for, that raised this issue high enough on the agenda for CNN mm-hmm. to make this decision. Yeah. Well, does that, make, we, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So when we think about systemic racism, it permeates all of our systems. So professional worlds, right? And so when we step out of our place, right, then there's backlash, there's push out. And so that's probably what we're seeing right now with him as well, in terms of this black man dare to say something that offended and hurt other people. And when we think about black people in general in the workplace, you know, we have to be very mindful that other people's comfort, you know, comes before anything else. Mm -hmm. So if other people become uncomfortable, then there's a pushback, right? And I think sometimes when we don't expect that, it can be very disorienting. But again, systemic racism permeates all of our systems. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you imagine that an anchor could have said something about a black woman being past her prime? And the result would have been that that white male anchor, just reversing the roles here, right? If a white male anchor had said that a, a, a black woman was past her prime mm-hmm. and tried his best, as Don did, to explain what he meant by it, mm-hmm. do you think that the 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 impact that black women would have felt uh, and, and their rising up uh, to challenge this anchor might have led to his being fired were he a white male? Absolutely not. Wow. Right. So we think about just the social hierarchy, right? So we have the social hierarchy within society. We have social hierarchy within our workplace. So even it doesn't matter where you get professionally, you are still a certain place in the social hierarchy. So if you dare to offend someone higher on the social hierarchy, again, there's the pushback, right? And when we think about black women, we're often not seen as um, that, that we get hurt as easily or that our... Uh, our worth is valued as much as a white woman. So absolutely not. There would not be the same pushback. Mm. Just getting started in this hour with our guest um, as we uh, talk, for the moment at least, about this breaking news that Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Don Lemon is out at CNN. Uh, we were on the eve of the big White House Correspondents Dinner, the biggest dinner for media personalities in Washington. I've been there many times over the course of my career. That dinner is this weekend. Roy Wood Jr., uh, they always have a comedian who hosts the dinner. Uh, you, you sort of roast the president, and you roast all the other persons, and the president, of course, has the final say to roast everybody in the room. Uh, that big dinner that we all uh, love every year and get tickled by when we see all the all the clips that come out of the dinner is this weekend. In advance of that dinner, what you have is Tucker Carlson being pushed out at Fox News. In advance of that dinner, Don Lemon is pushed out at, uh, at CNN. In advance of that dinner, Joe Biden will announce he's running for re-election this week. So a lot uh, going on this week. I'm sure that room will be buzzing with all kind of gossip this Saturday uh, in Washington uh, for the White House Correspondents Dinner. Our guest in this hour is Dr. Kamani Norrington Sands. Uh, We are talking in this hour when we come forward about the fact that April is Black Women's History Month. March, of course, Women's History Month. April, Black Women's History Month. And uh, she is uh, an esteemed psychologist, and we're going to talk to her more in this hour uh, about these stereotypes, these prevalent stereotypes about black women being angry and aggressive and confrontational and difficult to work with. Um, That's what they're saying about Don Lemon right about now. (laughs) But that's what they perennially say uh, about black women. We'll get back to this conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15. 
I am told, um, JD, we get a chance to look this up for me, please. Um, I'm getting messages from people on my phone that CNN has made another statement apparently on their Twitter account. I'm not sure what it is, whether it's old or new, Miles, but let's just make sure that we're up to speed on whatever CNN may have just tweeted out. Um, if you get something, let me know, um, and we will come right to it. Uh, but this is a developing story. Uh, this is live radio, and again, we uh, want to honor our guest in this hour, Dr. Kimani Norrington Sands. And because she was in the building, <laughs> she's in person, <laughs> we weren't going to cancel her uh, because there's breaking news. I'm just going to make sure we move forward like we like we do. Uh, but uh, there is, again, this breaking news about Tucker Carlson out at Fox News and Don Lemon out at CNN. But we are talking in this hour specifically, given that April is Black Women's History Month, about the ways in which black women are disrespected, as it were, in the workplace uh, and the stereotypes about them that continue to persist. So let's do that, and uh, we'll just take this conversation as far as we can take it. And if there's breaking news uh, from either CNN or Fox, uh, I will let you know the minute I hear it. Uh, but Dr. Kamani Norrington Sands, again, is our guest in this hour. Um, why do you think those uh, stereotypes about black women persist even in 2023 never mind all of the powerful black women who are in major positions from Kamala Harris uh, in the White House to KBJ on the Supreme Court um, to uh, sister now on the Fed um, I mean, all, we could do this all day long right all these black women who are doing their thing and handling their business and yet this this these stereotypes persist that black women are just difficult to work with um, and and we can talk in a moment and we will about the ways in which Kamala Harris, you know, has been, you know, uh, one might say disregarded, mm -hmm. others might say disrespected. Um, she's had a very difficult time, mm -hmm. very difficult time being vice president. Uh, and our kind of commentary has been written about her and about how difficult she is to work with. You know, her she's had staff people leave. I don't know the extent to which that is true. I'm just mm -hmm. making the point that is the narrative mm -hmm. about Kamala Harris, that she is difficult to work with difficult to work for and there are a lot of black women who feel that that narrative is written about her in mm -hmm. part because she happens to be mm -hmm. a black woman take mm -hmm. it away well again when i talked about systemic racism stereotypes uh, are a part of that and so when we go into workplaces it doesn't matter what education level you have it doesn't matter what credentials you have the racism is still there. So if you dare to outshine people, there's a concept called pet to threat. And it's three black researchers, uh, three black women researchers came up with the term pet to threat. Uh, Dr. Juanita uh, Johnson Bailey, Dr. Keisha Thomas, Dr. Rosemary Phelps. And they talk about in the workplace when a black woman is brought in, like because she's so fantastic, Kamala Harris, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, she's great. We love her. We love her. However, when she kind of rises above and kind of outshines other people, then she's a threat and there's pushback. So again, when we think about in the workplace, all these stereotypes are still there, right? So even in the so-called post-racial society, we know racism is alive and well. And so even though black women are the most educated in the nation, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. We still get that. We still have to contend with those stereotypes. Many black women talk about masking as they go in the workplace mm -hmm. in terms of having to present a certain image, um, knowing that we are seen in a certain way and the ways that we are put in our place plays out in different ways, right? So tone policing, um, being too aggressive, um, 
not being a team player, all these different things as we're trying to navigate being in the workplace. So we're doing our job, but then we have to contend with how people are perceiving us and how they're responding to us. So in terms of the masking, we come into the workplace and we're, we're dealing with all this stress, but we have to present an image that everything's okay. Mm. And I cannot tell you how many black women I've talked to in terms of crying on their way to work, crying during a break, right? Crying when they're leaving, dreading going to work, but still getting back each day, putting on the mask and and performing at very high levels. So I'm not talking about black women who are just like, oh, you're not doing your job. I'm talking about black women who are doing stellar jobs, mm-hmm. right? But there's that still that pushback and that animosity and that disrespect in the workplace. Yep. Um, you mentioned crying and uh, just pushing their way through it. My mom went to the movie Hidden Figures uh, <laughs> when Taraji <clears throat> and Taraji's characters run into the bathroom just to find some solace. Yes. Because she's being so maltreated by the white males. Of course, yes. this is back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's outshining them. She's she's representing, but she's in the bathroom trying to just. That's a threat. Yeah, exactly. Trying to find a secret place to hide away, right, uh, to get herself together before she walks back into the room with the white male cohorts um, who she who she's working with. What What is it that. Others, and I'm just saying others because I don't, you know, I'm putting everybody in, in one broad group. Mm-hmm. What is it that others are offended by or uh, in, uh, not offended, intimidated by? Mm. What is it that intimidates others on the part of black women? Well, I, I appreciate that question because, mm-hmm. number one, I want to say that many times black women are, are called intimidating, mm-hmm. but we're not intimidating. People are intimidated mm-hmm. by us, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, when you outshine, when you break those stereotypes, when you are performing, uh, out, you're outshining other people. You're doing, you're on top of your, your, your game, right? So that shatters the stereotypes. And when there's this shattering of stereotypes, it makes people question themselves. Well, wait a minute. I thought that. What what's happening here? And so again, there's that pushback. Mm-hmm. Even though people probably aren't consciously aware of it, there's still this pushback. And I want to say one more thing too, mm-hmm. that you know sometimes we think it's just a white black issue, and it's not. Um, this re- relates to anybody who carries out white supremacist behaviors or actions. So it could be other people of color. It could be other black people. I've done that's, different. That's, that's why I said others. <laughs> yeah. I figured you might go there. So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done, you know, different panels and mm-hmm. had different conversations on my YouTube channel um, talking about all skin folk and kin folk. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's particularly painful when it's another black person, particularly another black woman who is doing something to demean you or disrespect you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned tone policing. Um, uh, I like that phrase. It got my attention. Tone policing. Why are black women subjected to what you call tone policing well it goes along with the stereotype about the angry black woman Mm -hmm. right so and and that we're so aggressive and that we make people uncomfortable so if we say things in a certain way then there is feedback in terms of oh well i could have listened to what you said but but it came across so aggressive Mm -hmm. or can you say that in a different way like people just tune you out so for black women the stress the additional stress in the workplace is that we are self-monitoring ourselves in Mm -hmm. terms of how am I going to say this? How is this going to be perceived? Checking with other people, like, I want to say this. Is this okay? And even like with our emails, you know, like going through our emails before we send them, is the tone okay? So we're very mindful of that. And that, again, adds to the stress that we experience in the workplace. I, I've, I've been the victim of this myself. Uh, I, I don't uh, buy into victimization, but you'll take my point here. <laughs> um, 
that at various points in my career, uh, I've had people say to me, well, it's your tone. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm not really buying that. Mm-hmm. I think it was you didn't like what I had to say. Right. Um, my, and it my, came from you. And it came so from So it's okay if other people said it? Exactly. You mm-hmm. see my point? Yeah. <laughs> so, of course you do. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I feel for black women when they hear that, when, they, when, when their tone is being policed by others because as a black man, I've gotten that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not fair, but I, I, I wonder what a black woman is to do about the fact that she gets accused of having uh, a bad or a wrong tone mm-hmm. when what's really happening is that you don't like the news I'm delivering. Mm-hmm. You don't like what I had to share with you. Mm-hmm. I did it respectfully. I didn't raise my voice. Mm-hmm. I didn't call you out your name. I didn't mm-hmm. talk about your mama name. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. But you just didn't like what I had to say. Mm-hmm. But you want to make it about tone. Right. Right. That's a difficult situation. I mean, you can reflect that back, but that becomes exhausting. So Mm -hmm. when you think about the psychological toll of being in the workplace, of constantly having to defend yourself or explain yourself over and over and over again, right? And so when I see situations like that or hear my clients talk about situations like that, I talk to them and like, is, are you sure this is the place you want to be, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you have to constantly do your job and you have to defend yourself constantly, is this the place for you? And I just want to tie in something really quickly, Tavis, mm-hmm. is that, you know, for black women, it's so important for us to look at how these toxic workplaces are impacting our mental and our physical health. Because research has shown in the American um, American um Heart Association Mm -hmm. recently that black women are now dying at earlier ages, that we're developing cardiovascular disease earlier, that we are more prone to external issues, racism, sexism, toxic workplaces. So it's very important for us as black women when we recognize that we are in these toxic workplaces to reevaluate, is this the place for me? Mm. There's other places for you to go. This is not the be all end all. There might be other places to go, but even when you get to these other places, um, you, you have a different set of problems, right? Yes. Which raises the question for me, which I want to get you to tackle when we come forward in a moment after news, traffic, and sports, which is how responsible black women should be, how responsible they should feel to make other folk around them feel comfortable. That, mm. That's a lot of pressure to put on anybody. It is. To make, you know, that, that I am responsible for making you feel comfortable by my presence yes. or because of my presence yes, uh, or in spite of my presence. Yes. You know, take it any way you want to take it. We'll get to that in a great deal more. Our guest in this hour is Dr. Kimani Norrington Sands. We are talking in the month of April, which is Black Women's History Month, about the ways in which black women are still disrespected, disregarded, uh, and uh, ill-treated, as it were, in the workplace and what can and ought be done about that. So we're talking to black women. We're talking to their coworkers and their employers. We're talking to all of y'all in this hour on KBLA Talk fifteen. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back indeed. We're glad to have you uh, with us in this hour. Uh, And in this hour, uh, we are talking with Dr. Kamani Norrington Sands. Um, She's a psychologist. uh, And we're talking in this hour because April happens to be Black Women's History Month. And we are talking about the still prevalent stereotypes about black women in the workplace, that they're angry, aggressive, confrontational, all the stuff all y'all sisters listening right now have heard <laughs> at some point in your career. Uh, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but we're talking about why those stereotypes persist in April. Uh, again, Black History, Black Women's History Month. And, and more, more, moreover, more importantly, what can and ought be done about it. Uh, and uh, again, pleased to have Dr. Kamadi Norrington Sands as our guest. We were talking during that during that break, and sometimes uh, I learned I learned things in the break that uh, that uh, I want to bring forward into the conversation. Um, 
tell, tell me uh, and tell the audience um, how and why it is that you actually started your practice. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that question. So I used to work for the second largest school district in the nation for about 13 years mm-hmm. and uh, experienced a lot of hostility, disrespect, um, pet to threat. All these things that I talk about now, I experienced them. And it got to the point where it was really taking a toll on me psychologically and physically. Mm-hmm. And I took a leave of absence. And while I was on a leave of absence, I just got so many signs that it was not, I was not supposed to go back there, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the last sign was I heard the voice of God say to me, if, if you go back, that's a death sentence. That mm-hmm. was it for me, right? Mm-hmm. So I resigned. And when I resigned, I, you know, before I resigned, I took a leave of absence and I had started exit planning. Mm-hmm. And when I did the exit planning, I said, okay, so what's the easiest thing for me to do right now? And that's the message I want black women to hear. You talked about, you know, as you go to a different job, you may contend with other things. But I want black women to know that there's still other options, mm-hmm. right? So you can go to other jobs and it could be better or it could not be better, right? Or can you do other things besides working for a job? So that's what I did. So I pivoted to opening my private practice again, mm-hmm. and I started seeing uh, black women, mostly black women. I have some black men clients, too, mm-hmm. um, but start seeing them for therapy through telehealth. And it was during COVID, so it was the perfect time, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people talk about mental health, and then my practice grew from there. And then I started feeling the need to talk about my own healing journey from a toxic workplace. Mm-hmm. I felt the need to share that with other black women, just because of my family, my friends. I heard other people talking about it, but I just felt the need need to talk about it. So I started my YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel is Lifting As We Climb Consulting Wellness Services. And I started talking about it and more black women start reaching out to me. Thank you. Oh my God, are you in my head? This is happening to me, right? Mm -hmm. And then the more I talked about it, it was not only healing for me, but it was healing for other black women. Mm -hmm. And so that's how my practice grew and pivoted in the sense that now I talk more in terms of how to support black women leaving toxic jobs, right? So we can leave with our our sanity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) our well-being, and pivot to things that are more fulfilling and abundant. So I'm not telling any black woman to just leave your job, you know, everything's going to be okay, just go on faith. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when you're in a toxic workplace, that is very harmful. It's a form of workplace trauma. And when you go through a workplace trauma, you need to heal. So that's my lane now, right? I help black women heal from toxic jobs so they can leave and find something more abundant for them. What What are you discovering? Uh, and I say discovering because it's happening in real time every day for yes. you as you talk to your clients and, and presented these uh, 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 gatherings and and uh, plenaries, et cetera. So it's happening for you in real time. Mm-hmm. What are you discovering, Dr. Kamani Norton Sands, about black women and their mental health? Oh, okay. It's, it's really that work is a significant stressor for black women mm-hmm. that so many women are miserable in their jobs and again, it's not that they're not doing their jobs. They're excelling at their jobs. And it's this sense of confusion and, and like, disillusion, disillusionment. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. I worked this hard. I got this. I got this. And why am I being treated this way? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think what happens for black women is that we've been taught that we have to keep pushing through. We're strong. We're going to fight. All these different things. And that takes a toll on us, too. Because we will stay in situations longer, I say past the expiration date, mm-hmm. because we are determined to make it work, even though it's killing us. And that's the thing that I'm hearing from so many black women, that they are dying inside, right? Mm -hmm. That mentally they feel depressed, 
anxious, as I said, crying to work, crying, leaving to work. Um, also, that sense of um, that is killing them just physically, right? So developing a lot of physical problems as well. And I just want to say it is so pervasive. The more I've talked about it on YouTube, the more black women have reached out to me. And now I have global conversations. I have mm -hmm. global panels with black women talking about the same type of experience, the same toll so, across so, the so, world. So no matter where they are in the world, no matter where many they of are. them are having shared experiences. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What do, what do you make of that reality? Again, racism, systemic yeah. racism, yeah. right? Yeah. And again, when we go into these systems, even though we have the education, the credentials, all these different things, I think the higher we go sometimes, I think the more threatening we appear. Mm -hmm. And so there's more of a pushback, which can be very confusing. But I know many of us have had that feeling of kind of being put in our place. And I actually created a term, and I know, well, this may be offensive to some people, but I created a term called psychological lynching. So when you go into the workplace and you outshine or you dare to speak out against the system, then there's a psychological lynching where people get in your head mm -hmm. and start making you question like, was it me? What did I do? Am I not smart enough? Am I not good enough? What did I do? Right. So they get in your head and then they shame and humiliate you in front of other people so that you are quieted. Mm. Right. But also other people look at you like, uh oh, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. So it's a way to control people. It's, a, it's an impressive tactic. And I can say that because I experienced it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've had colleagues when I was at the other job say to me, Oh, we're not going to say anything because see what happened to Dr. Kamani. We're not going to say anything, right? So it's a control tactic. And I am here to just say to black women, you can go through a toxic job. You can survive. You can heal. You can thrive once you leave, okay? I think the fear is I don't want to leave because I'm not going to have another job mm -hmm. or I don't have any money or I'm here to tell you you can do well. You can do well. Yeah. How responsible um should black women feel to make others around them comfortable with them? That's a lot to put on anybody. And again, I understand in in in, in the in the realm of human dynamics and human relationships, we, we want to make people around us mm -hmm. you know, like us and feel comfortable. But we're talking about a whole other level here. Um, uh, what, what you're unpacking for us in this hour suggests to me that black women have a a, a, a deeper burden. Uh, of being responsible for making everybody in their space feel comfortable around them, that's a lot to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. So first, I would just say that, you know, I, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that we don't all self-assess, mm -hmm. right? Sure. So we are very mindful of how we present, right? Mm -hmm. And but I think for us as black women, we over-assess, right? So mm -hmm. we're constantly on, we're over-assessing. No, it is not our role to make other people feel comfortable, but it's a catch-22, right? So the catch-22 is, okay, um, if I don't do this, I might lose my job, mm -hmm, <laughs> right? right? And then the other one is, okay, I can kind of go overboard with this, but now I, 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 I have this self-loathing of myself, mm -hmm. right? So it's like I, I, I'm disgusted with myself. So a lot of black women that I work with, I talk about self-forgiveness. So what did you feel like you needed to do to keep that job in that moment, but recognize that was a survival tactic. You mm -hmm. were just trying to keep the job, right? That's not a reflection of who you are or what you're about. Mm. Um, that's a lot to process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pausing for a second. That is a, that is that's a whole lot. Here's my point: that when you enter when you enter a workplace, it ought to be that you go in there to do your job, to do your job well. And if you do your job well, like anybody else, you want to be rewarded for. Yes. It. 
But what I hear you say, black women are enduring every day. That's a whole lot extra, extra stuff. It is that people shouldn't be. That people should not day after day after day. Ostensibly, they should not be subjected to all that. No. Yeah. No, they should not. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I can't say what black women can do differently because, again, that's shifting the blame to us, right? right? It's a systemic issue, right? I think sometimes when people say, oh, that person, it's a way to isolate and and discount that person. But many times when you think about a a workplace, the system is toxic. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the supervisor, right, or the supervisors. It's the whole system. And I'm doing a a, a series on workplace bullying. And I had an expert on last week, and I'm going to talk about it again today, particularly when the bully is another black woman. Mm. So when you think about bullying, bullying, again, the system knows that there's these bullies there. They allow them to be there, but they don't recognize that that undermines morale, right? People want to leave. People are not happy there. People don't feel a degree of psychological safety. So all these things are happening that black women have to contend with. And I cannot say there's anything that we can do necessarily to make it better. I want to get get a a bit more out of uh, our guest, Dr. Kamani, when we come forward about um, uh, what her advice is uh, for black women who are being bullied by other black women. I want to get a little bit of that. Uh, not too much. We'll, we'll tee up your master class and your and your other programs, uh, your counseling programs and beyond. But I want to get a, a bit of that, uh, what black women are to do when they're being bullied by other black women, number one, because I know people who are subjected to that. And secondly, um, the point that you raised earlier about what you ultimately decided that you needed to do when it was time for you to leave because mm-hmm. you knew that place uh, was not serving your best interest. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your take on what other black women who are listening right now ought to do if they're working someplace and they know it's toxic mm-hmm. and they know it's mm-hmm. time for them to leave mm-hmm. and yet they're still there. Yes. You're listening to Dr. Kamani Norrington Sands right now on KBLA Talk 1580. Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. All right, Dr. Kamani, what is a sister to do when she's bullied in the workplace by another sister? First... Um, I suggest that you talk to other people you trust outside of the workplace Mm -hmm. about your experience. So if you have a sister circle, talk to them. And I think it's important to reality test with someone else in terms of having your experiences validated. Mm -hmm. And I say not someone in the workplace because you never know people in the workplace in terms of their true motives and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to other people, particularly other black women, about your experiences. Because I think what happens sometimes for many black women is that we start self-gaslighting ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we start saying, did that happen? I don't know. I'm not sure, right? And then when it's another black woman... It touches us on so many other levels, right? And so when you talk to your sister circle, that's one. The other thing I would strongly suggest is seeking therapy, particularly with the other black woman, right? Because Mm -hmm. we understand your experiences. And so from those healing opportunities, now you have the clarity in terms of what is it that I want to do next, right? So confronting the woman, I mean, some people have done that. I don't know if that's effective or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, it's important to really evaluate, is this where you want to be? Is this where you want to expend your energy? Do you want to be in a place where you're not fulfilled, where you're feeling disrespected? Do you want to stay there? Or do you want to say, you know what? 
Let me start exit planning. Let me look at what my other options might be. And can you go in that direction? And I say for me, you know, it took me about three years to exit mm-hmm. plan and mm-hmm. leave, right? So for most black women, you're not going to just wake up one day and be like, I'm out of here, right? Now, some black women do do that because it's so painful. It's so harmful to them. I've had black women talk about um, having suicidal thoughts, you know, because of a toxic workplace or bullying. So if it's to that point where your health, your well-being is at jeopardy, you need to leave immediately. Are are there parallels? I'm thinking now, and I've had any number of conversations in my career with uh, powerful women about the following, and that is women who stay in relationships where they're being abused. Mm. Um, I'm talking now about, you know, personal relationships mm-hmm, that they're in mm-hmm. with with, with a, another person of course uh, and they're being abused mm-hmm. does that that does that same logic or illogic as it were sort of follow for black women in the workplace they know they're being maltreated yes they know am i making sense yeah it's the they, same they, dynamic they know their it's environment is toxic yeah but they haven't left yet well well yeah. that yeah. and the 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 view that I'd rather stay with the devil I know than the devil I don't know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So even in an abusive relationship, I know this person's not good for me, but other people are, are going to be bad too, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just going to stay with what I'm comfortable with. And I'm like, we don't need to be around any devils, okay? Mm-hmm. So no. The devil is a lie. <laughs> the devil, right? And, and all the little bitty devils. <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's important to really evaluate. Yeah, you may know this system, but other systems, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve to be hurt in this way. And leaving, just like leaving an abusive relationship is hard. Leaving a a toxic, abusive job is hard too, right? Mm -hmm. But I also want to let black women know that you have support. You do not have to stay at jobs that are killing you. You don't have to do it. When we come forward in our remaining moments with Dr. Kamani Norton-Sands, we'll get you uh, updated on her master class, a few other things she's working on, and most importantly, how you can connect with her if you're one of those sisters in one of those situations in real time. You're listening to Dr. Kamani on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, Dr. Kamani, we're down to three minutes here, and I want to just make sure that those who have been listening to you during this hour understand all the stuff you're working on, uh, how to find you, how to follow you, how to get connected to you, because I am am certain uh, that there are some black women listening right now who are in a situation that they wish they weren't in, in the workplace. Yes. So I have a Black Women Healing from Toxic Jobs coaching program. I have a group and a VIP one-to-one option. It's five weeks. So if you're interested in that, go to my website, Dr. Kamani. Um, no, I'm sorry, LiftingAsWeClimbConsulting.com. Again, LiftingAsWeClimbConsulting.com. And then I'm also having a master class, which is a collaboration between myself and S. Emery Archer. And she is the anti-HR HR lady. She's an HR consultant and an attorney. And the name of the class is um, How to Save Yourself by Leaving a Toxic Hostile Job. And you're going to be learning how to channel your inner Harriet to leave a toxic hospital like job. I like Harriet. Yes, yeah. to leave with your sanity <laughs> and your coins. So again, if you want more information about that, you can send me an email through my website, uh, liftingaswecliminconsulting.com. Lifting As We Climb. I like that name. Lifting oh, as and also my YouTube channel. Sorry. My YouTube channel is Lifting As We Climb Consulting Wellness Services, where I have videos over a year where I'm interviewing black women talking about their healing journeys for leaving toxic jobs. Tonight, I'm going to have one on 
workplace bullies, what to do when the workplace bully is one of us, mm-hmm. right? So another black woman. So that is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, and 6 p.m. Pacific time. Again, on my YouTube channel, Lifting Us Climb Consulting Wellness Services. Here's my my extra question here. Um, and we could have started our conversation here, but in the 45 seconds we have left, um, is it just black women being put up on this way in the workplace? Are they being uniquely maltreated? No, I've had black men reach out to me like, what about us? Right. And I'm not discounting that other people have the same experience. But I know for just me being in terms of my own authenticity, I can only speak in terms of black women. Right. Because I have gone through this experience. And again, I'm using my own healing journey to help support the healing of other black women. So I'm not to discount that other groups go through this as well. It just occurs to me that uh, all three hours of our show today, I've had nothing but black doctors um, talk about black excellence in the first hour. We had Dr. Michael Fontroy and Dr. Nikortelai Corte. In the second hour, we've had uh, Dr. Kamani uh, Norrington Sands, and coming up, Dr. Daniel Black uh, in our final hour. And that final hour is going to be fire. Uh, the theme uh, we started this uh, when he was last on the program. We we didn't start it. We teed it up, and we ran out of time. But today's theme in the next hour is uh, whether Jesus Christ uh, is a victim of identity theft. Is Jesus a victim of identity theft? A whole lot of folks saying and doing a lot of stuff in his name. I made the point earlier that if Jesus were here, he might be in one of them LifeLock commercials because everybody is saying and doing stuff in his name that really ain't representing him, including these prosperity preachers, these prosperity gospel preachers. It's about to get hot up in here in the next hour. But for now, I thank Dr. Kamani Norrington Sands for coming through. Thank you for your work and witness. Good to have you on. Thank you so much. All of that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580.